This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Spent about an hour talking to my son on the phone over the weekend. He's in the Air Force getting ready to wrap up his TAC-P training. He's out in Las Vegas. I'm not sure exactly where, but then he's going to be stationed out in Washington State. He's pretty excited about it. I'm excited for him. And uh, we had a nice conversation. Interestingly, the weather here is actually a little warmer than Las Vegas. I couldn't believe it. I was actually sitting outside yesterday afternoon with my shirt off. Kid you not. Now some of you say, I don't need to hear that. I'm just telling you, I was taking in the sun. I had a pair of sweatpants on. I I hiked them up, just taking that sun in, the the vitamin D, the the it just felt so good, you know, the warmth. I can't believe it. February. Philadelphia, I've never seen anything like it in my life. This is a first for me. I think it's got to be setting some kind of record. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't hear anybody talking about it. You would think with all the you know the climate changes, they'd be squawking about it. For some reason, beautiful 70-degree weather. I guess it doesn't play very well. What are you going to do? You're going to complain? Like, I don't know. I say we keep going with the gas vehicles at least a little bit. If that's the benefit, 70 degrees in February? I get a little concerned the plants are coming up. I'm like, yeah, if they freeze, it's going to be a problem. But, yeah, it was actually a little bit warmer here than than Las Vegas where my son is. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, I'm a little sore. I told you I finished up the steps. I had to – I think maybe I told you uh, I had to make a little modification of the the railing. I got that done. So the little princess is happy now. Oh, my God. I'm like, you know what, dog? You're getting to be more trouble than you're worth. Maybe she knows that. I got a couple of things to talk about. I want to horse around all day here. Not really what I uh, turned the microphone on for, which, by the way, I made a little little change to the setup here. I'm very happy with this. Comfortable. Uh, The the, uh, show notes are at the right eye level. I raised the monitor up a little bit. Sometimes I look back on these and go, what was I thinking? Why didn't I do this a long time ago? You know, the, 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 literally, as I'm looking at it now, the monitor was probably like a good eight inches too low. Needed to come up eight inches. Uh, what are you going to do? You live and learn. And the microphone, I've got this nice movable base boom. The boom isn't real adjustable, but you can move the base around. It's like the best of both worlds. I can't believe I didn't think of this either. So life is good here in the studio. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Other than I'm a little sore. I sore. I started to say it. Uh, I finished up the stairs. I've been doing these great workouts, getting in shape. Ah, I had some Twizzlers last night. What do you want me to tell you? I can't, you know, I'm working outside. I told you, it's hard for me to work like that and then not eat. What do you want me to do? I don't know. It's like I can't do one or the other. Anyway. Uh, there was a couple things I wanted to talk about. The truth will set you free. Um, came from an article from Dr. Mercola. I want to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about 
what's going on in Ohio with the train derailment. And I read this book over the weekend, Simple Sabotage Field Manual from the United States Office of Strategic Services, uh, declassified. And uh, I'm going to share with you a couple of things on that and then how I think these things are may be related, or or at least you could uh, draw some good comparisons from, okay? I don't want to be like a conspiracy theory guy. I also don't want to be like a doomsday guy. You know, like, it's like every day, it's like a the doomsday clock. One one trillionth of a second closer, the closest it's ever been. It just keeps, you know, getting, it never goes back. I don't know what would take for that to happen. It's almost like this uh, idea of a nuclear war has been predetermined. Weird. Weird, right? Anyway, the truth shall set you free. Dr. Mercola puts out some fantastic information. The quantity of it alone is just amazing. If you're not a subscriber, uh, I recommend it. I don't read everything that he puts out. I don't know how you can. He's got a, a rumble channel as well. Anyway, he's talking about... Um, how basically tech, Google specifically, controls an enormous amount of information and how people see it. And one of the, the parallels that he makes, and this is not difficult to understand, they, there's so many websites. I mean, I, I forget the statistics on how many new websites being built every day. And somehow they have to rank it. So when you put it, type in, you know, great podcasts, or great conservative podcasts, how does Christopher Scott show show up on that list or not? Right? And Google controls an enormous amount of that and what people see and what people are exposed to. I think I'm hearing like 93% or something like that. And so it's got this centralized power that, you know, there's people that argue has become corrupted and I think there's some pretty clear evidence of that, quite frankly. Then, um, you know, you've got ties with the government. And I don't know specifically about Google. I have to believe it was going on. Certainly with Twitter, we're hearing all that now. And uh, basically, Dr. Mercola is saying, hey, the Great Reset is, is basically an enslavement system. You know, a new way of life where you're going to be tied to this network for everything. You're going to have to. You know, that you will take your vaccines and you will just basically surrender everything to the system. They may allow you to keep a few morsels to spend on Amazon, like some kind of jail account or something like that. And I'm adding words to it, but this is the Mercola summary I'm kind of giving you in my own words, okay? I'm not saying I disagree. I just say it's a little extreme way of looking at it. Uh, but I think that the part that is not extreme is the control that Google has over this information. And I, I've gone over very firsthand things that I've seen with the data manipulation during the election, no less. Uh, Doug Mastriano, the Republican candidate, if you did a search on YouTube, which is a Google company, uh, I don't know. It's like it's the second biggest search is, is YouTube. 
You search Thug Mastriano, there'll be pages and pages and pages of liberal hate media. And you won't see his channel. Josh Shapiro, you search, boom, his channel's right at the top, along with a lot of positive left-leaning, uh, you know, CNN and the like, very credible uh, information. Just, you know, digital perfection. And there it is, his page right at the top. And so you never find Doug Mastriano's page. Crazy, right? This is how badly conservatives get, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, shadow ban. And I don't even know that that's the best example. So Mercola is right, <clears throat> even if I disagree necessarily on the extent of the conclusion. What difference does it make? Information is being heavily, heavily censored. And, you know, they, they do it with secret uh, logarithms. And I've said over and over again, they should be illegal. At the very least, they shouldn't be secret. It should be illegal altogether, in my opinion. And now, guess what? It's going to get worse. It's going to get a million times worse. AI, AI is producing web pages and video and content at, at at a pace that is just unfathomable. And by the way, I thought of uh, two weaknesses of AI, potentially. Uh, one is that AI, the brain of AI is the Internet. And so uh, as AI floods the Internet with AI-driven information, it's going to become warped unto itself. You see what I'm saying? But also the volume that it's going to create is just going to be crazy, really. Something's going to change coming out of it. The, the whole AI thing is just going to cause vast, vast disruption, in my opinion. It really is. It search. So many things are going to change. Crazy. Anyway, uh, Dr. Marcola making the case in point that this digital control of information is crazy. You can still get books. I'm going to talk about one of them. I told you coming up here, but, um, you know, there's not much in the way of print media anymore. Newspapers, but what, what kind of volume of information, how relevant is it by the time it hits the printing presses in today's age? By the way, let me just mention this here real quick. Mercola talks about six self-defense strategies against the, this Great Reset, the enslavement system, the World Economic Forum, the New World Order, all this. One, he says, optimize your health. I totally agree. You hear me talk about it. It's the foundation for everything. Two, become more self-reliant and have backup plans for when systems you've relied on are dismantled. Get started today. More than ever, you need to provide a basic level of buffer. What did I say? Start with four days. If you had four days, food, water, heat, power, a little couple of battery packs, solar panel. Three, work on forming communities willing to work together. Four, disparage the system as much as possible. Five, you refuse to go along with the agenda. Six, identify trusted sources and how you get your information. Good, good, sound advice. All right. So Marcola, you know, 
sounding a big alarm here, saying, "Hey, look, you need to probably take a look at the way you live your life." I like I don't watch cable news. I'm not on social media. I'm back on Twitter, but um, I don't really post anything. I'm just you know one of those scouring in the background. And, and honestly, I've been real happy. I don't go back on it too much. I think I'm going to stick with the gab. Gab's a better way to go. I don't know. Seeing some of the things going on Twitter, it's a little helpful to me, but not much there, really. I think it's dead, as I predicted. All right. So, Mercola, information being censored. Now, fast forward to uh, Ohio, this East Palestine. And uh, they're holding a meeting there. Um, Some of the residents there have developed rashes, sore throats. They're throwing up headaches uh, after they return to their homes in the area. And I don't know if you've seen all these videos of the polluted streams and creeks and presumably it's hit, you know, the whole water system. Um, and what happened was the train derailment um, basically uh, caused a fire. I think the fire um, was, was purposely lit. And there's questions about the combinations of chemicals on that train. And I can tell you, I've heard firsthand from local fire marshals complaining about this. With these trains being ticking time bombs. When you see car, what's the payload of one of those tanker cars? Anybody know? It's got to be like 30,000 gallons a, a, a car, I would think. Something like that, right? Do I get to search it here? How many gallons train tanker? 31,000 gallons. Huh. How about that? No kidding. Pretty good guess, huh? See, some some of you think I don't know anything. I didn't. I just I looked at the size of it. And I thought to myself, "What did it look? It looks like a thirty thousand gallon tank to me." And people think I'm crazy. I am. Anyway, thirty thousand gallon tanks, a line as far as you can see, not only of deadly chemicals but a deadly mix of deadly chemicals. This thing breaks. They burn it off or whatever. They tell the residents they can go back, and it's not clear that it's been real safe. You know, I guess it's like a small-town kind of area. These people don't have much of a voice. There's people that are saying, you know, how did this happen? Um, You know, all kinds of conspiracy theories going around. I don't know about that. Um, I really don't. I, I question it all. I think it's interesting. There have been a number of different incidents. You have to say, gee, what exactly is going on? But, um, you know, is is it something sinister? Either way, the result is the same. You need to be prepared. I told you. We have a train, cargo train, probably the same conditions. I would be willing to bet. Two miles from our house. It's on the other side of the creek. It's uh, not really downwind, I guess, depending on where it would derail. Um, If it were ever to do that, would it contaminate the creek? Not likely our drinking water. We're well ahead of that. But 
Um, you know, I, you saw the size of that fire. I have to believe that something like that on that rail line here close to us would would cause a disruption to our ability to live here. Are we prepared for that? We are. If we had to get out quickly, it's an area that I need to work on. What do I need to do in that regard? A checklist, really, that, you know, what do you take? You say, look, you got an hour, you got to get out. Maybe less. You got 20 minutes. This thing's going to be lit. You need to get out now. Get your pets, your important documents, grab a couple clothes, and get out. What do you grab? Crazy, right? It's time to be thinking about these things. But anyway, um, here's another interesting little thing about this. This local farmer was saying that this uh, there was this push from um, Get My ID, which is this medical ID bracelet and app system that uh, tracks everything. And one of the things they were pushing like two weeks before this train derailment, hey, you know, get this so that in case of an emergency that you can be found and treated quickly and blah, 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 blah. And now this farmer's adding to the conspiracy theories. Hey, wait a minute now. How's about you knowing about that two weeks before this train comes through and derails? Hmm? <laughs> it's an interesting question. So I looked at all this. I thought, what is this uh, get my ID? And sure enough, here, let me pull this thing up. The ultimate ID system. I've talked about this in the in the past. ID 2030 or ID 2050. This idea to chip everybody on the planet. It's a real initiative. Three access points to preview your medical profile. QR code. Live operator 24-7. Website access. ID and PIN number right on a bracelet, fitness ID, medical ID, pet ID, tag ID, good God, medication reminders, GPS text alerts, upload documents. Here you can become an affiliate. Maybe I could market for them. Very, very convenient. You know, I don't understand why they don't just standardize the forms. Why aren't the intake forms standardized? Why isn't there like an ANSI standard intake form? Do you don't know what that is? That's ANSI standards, I would imagine. I don't know if it applies to railways. Probably not. <clears throat> but ANSI standards would be the National Standards Institute that says what width the tracks need to be so that all the trains can run on the tracks, that kind of thing. So... Why would you want to, uh, and, and I'm not arguing the merits of a medical ID system like that, by the way. Incredibly convenient. It's so tired of going to the doctor, the dentist, when they're filling out these stupid papers. And put you, how many times a name and birthday and that, 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 over and over again. But there's no way I want to go into some uh, a database of all this stuff. Not that it's even avoidable at this point. You write it on the paper. What do you think they're doing behind the counter? They're typing it into the database. It's too late. It's already out there. The only difference is at least now you can access it with the Get My ID and add to it and keep it current. And then they can track where you are. Is that what you really want? Does that sound like a good idea? You're nuts. 
You're nuts if you get that thing. That's just in my opinion. All right. Crazy times, right? Trains coming off the rails. Uh, goofy, you know, digital ID, the mark of the beast, apocalyptic type stuff going on. Well, let me tell you about this with my remaining time here with you today. I read this book, uh, Simple Sabotage Field Manual. This is really, uh, much of it to me is very common sense. I say to myself, gee, I wonder if, if Joe Biden ever thought to read something like this before he came out. Oh, you're going to need an F-18 if you want to take on the government. Uh, AR-15. Okay. Uh, you're not going to need either. Um, so the book begins with practical ways, more what I would call civil disobedience. Okay. I think we're seeing a lot of it going on right now. Some of it by default. Maybe some of it organized. Maybe some of it nuts not. But listen to some of this. Making faulty decisions, like placing tools in one spot instead of another. A non-cooperative attitude can involve nothing more than creating an unpleasant situation among one's fellow workers. Engaging in bickerings, displaying uh, surliness and stupidity. This is what the Democrats did during the 2022 election, 2020 election. An effort should be made to add to their efficiency, lessen their detectability, and increase their number. Acts of simple sabotage multiplied by thousands of citizen saboteurs can be an effective weapon against the enemy. Slashing tires, draining fuel tanks, starting fires, starting arguments, acting stupidly, short-circuiting electric systems, abrading machine parts with waste materials, manpower, and time, uh, all this occurring on a wide scale can have a tangible drag on the war effort of the enemy. Wow. This is what Democrats resorted to. Literally burning uh, vehicles and forest fires. Setting automatic sprinkler systems off. Plugging sewage systems. Detailed plans on how to do it throughout the book. All declassified. Blowing uh, key fuses and how to do it to disrupt power in a large area. How to easily damage vehicles. Sprinkling salt or rock salt on electrical connections. Making uh, anonymous false reports for fires, air raids, and bombs. This goes on all the time. Then there was a whole detailed plan on how to interfere in organizations and production. And we see also the, the power of this political tactic. Insist on doing everything through channels, never permit shortcuts. Make speeches, talk as frequently as possible at great length to illustrate your points by long anecdotes and accounts of personal experiences. Never uh, hesitate to make a, a few appropriate patriotic comments. When possible, refer all matters to committees for further study and consideration. Attempt to make the committees as large as possible, never less than five. Bring up ir irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. Haggle over precise wording of communications. Refer back to matters decided on previously. 
advocate, caution, be reasonable, urge your fellow conferees to be, quote, reasonable, and avoid haste, which might result in embarrassment or difficulties later on. Be worried about the propriety of any decision, basically to be as unreasonable as possible. Don't order working materials. Lower morale. Production. Be pleasant to inefficient workers. All this attack. And I wonder, is it the Chinese that are doing it? Tell important callers the boss is busy or talking on another phone. Hold up mail. How sinister. Even if you understand the language, pretend not to understand instructions in a foreign tongue. Pretend the instructions are hard to understand. Asking dumb questions. Well, wait a minute. How's this? What? What? Misroute materials. Stop all conversation. Cry and sob hysterically at every occasion. Especially when confronted by government clerks. Boycott all movies, entertainment. Stop spending money. Crazy, right? These tactics. So why do I bring all this up? For one thing, I thought the book was fascinating. <clears throat> and I think that uh, you know, I was talking to my son, and I thought, you know, if he ever goes to combat, we were talk- I asked him what his accommodations are in, in Las Vegas, and he's in a hotel. I said, what's your moving plan? He's like, i got to go talk to this moving office. I never had that. You know, I was in a squad bay, barracks. Not always a squad bay. We did have rooms, but we, we were in the barracks. A moving expense. and <laughs> He's like, yeah, we got, I got 10 days for house hunting. I'm like, 10 days for house hunting? They're like, here's the key to your room <laughs> up on the third floor. It was like, great, when you got down on the first floor, it was like, like it meant something. It was a little more convenient. Anyway, uh, I thought to myself, my son, you know, he's living a great life in the Air Force, and I'm happy for him. I just hope he knows that uh, if he ever finds himself in, in a combat situation, that he's going to have to become absolutely ruthless, as, as ruthless as possible. And it's important for his own survival that he do that, really. Uh, depending on the situation, of course, right? And I don't think most people that haven't been in combat, not many people that haven't been in combat can really understand that, the magnitude of it, what it means, and what happens in that situation. But it doesn't have to be all-out combat. And I've said many times, you know, uh, the next revolution, which may need to be fought, uh, for God's sake, I mean, things are really getting off the rails, the, the currency and spending alone. You know, at what point do good people step up and say, you know, we need to take back control of this, we need to take back control of our lives? Uh, I don't know, but it does not have to be through violent means. There's many peaceful means. And you think, you know, is clogging the toilets really going to change things? Well, I would say to you that, you know, Uh, the the disruption becomes a problem at some scale. It certainly does. It's a drain on resources. Uh, And, you know, interestingly, when you look at, you know, and so you combine control of information, this sabotage tactics that are widely known being used politically, being used internationally, right? 
Uh, it's crazy. Some of it being done in plain view. Uh, but I wonder, too, about the Chinese involvement and in, in meddling in what's going on in this country and how destructive. Who knows, really? What about uh, the other boogeyman? What's his name? Soros. More than one. Why this evil attack on this country, you have to ask. I don't know. The weather's been nice here. I thought, boy, this weather is so great. I don't know if this is like a, a blessing or like a concern of like this is the calm before the storm or something like that. Like I said, I'm going to take it as it comes. I'm, thinking, I'm sitting outside with my shirt off in February. How do I complain about anything? I don't know. Crazy times we're living in. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.